Well, all right. Welcome, everyone, to uh, Blackhawk Church. My name is Matt Metzger, and I'm one of the pastors on staff here. I oversee and uh, pastor our downtown venue. I'm a part of the teaching team. And uh, so welcome to all of you live in the room right now. Welcome to everyone at Upper House at our downtown site. Welcome to those of you at Savannah Oaks joining us from Fitchburg, for all of you in the gallery, for all of you in traditions, for all of you in our Chinese venue, Dijon Zimei Ping An. And uh, yeah, it's a good day. So glad that you guys are here. So this week uh, in Metzger world, in our family, this is kind of a, a momentous week because 19 years ago this week, we moved to Blackhawk for me to take a position at Blackhawk Church. My wife is originally from Madison, so this was a coming home for her, but for me, it was a saying hello to the Midwest and, and getting used to everything here. And, uh, and so 19 years ago, we moved here. Not long after that, we moved into the house that we still live in today and um, on, on, in the near west side. And, and the world was a little bit different back, you know, 19, 20 years ago. One thing that was true, I would say for, for all of us, is that for any of us um, who had a home back then, um, if you lived in a home, it had a landline. Isn't that true? Do you guys remember that? So what landlines were like. Um, some of you still have them. A lot of us don't. But uh, so we moved into this house in, in the backyard, at the, like at the top of the house, right above our, uh, by our back door. We had this line that ran from there up to a telephone pole in the back corner of our backyard. Anybody else? All sites, all venues, show of hands like you had one of those. Maybe you still do. For newer neighborhoods, they have them buried a lot of times. But for ours, it was up uh, and, uh, and to that pole. And um, that line, man, it was just kind of annoying. You know, like it was one of those things, like every time we were putting up an umbrella on our back deck, it would just get knocked. Or if we were throwing a volleyball around or like peppering a volleyball in the backyard, we would hit it all the time. It just tended to get in the way. Well, and then as, as time moved by, I got a cell phone. My wife got a cell phone. Eventually, both of our daughters got cell phones. And so we got rid of our landline. But that line in the backyard just sort of continued on to live back in that area is a full-on annoyance. And so um, just three weeks ago, um, <clears throat> we noticed that there were some men you know, from the city working on that back telephone pole. And so my wife went back and said, hey, any chance that like, you'd be willing to you know, snip that telephone line for us? It, like, can we just get rid of it? And they were really great. They were like, yeah, no problem. They snipped it at the house. They snipped it at the telephone pole. They coiled it up, took it away. And for the first time, my wife and I were in our backyard with no annoying line running across. It was just this moment of freedom. And until about 15 minutes later, when I went inside to turn on my TV, and my TV was totally out. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, what's wrong with my TV? I can't believe this. I'm going to get on the internet and figure out what's going on in the city. I go to get on the internet, and we have no internet, no Wi-Fi, nothing. Have you ever had one of those moments? where you just realized, what have I done, you know? We immediately called AT&T and tried to figure out getting a new line put up and everything that way, and uh, it was fantastic. But needless to say, <laughs> we, um, we saw this simplistic line in our backyard as just this simple little deal. 
We didn't realize how complex that line really was. And we totally underestimated the, like, the complexity and the value of what that line brought to our lives. Well, today we are talking about a subject that I think like for a lot of us, regardless of what age or stage of life you're at, that most of us we think of as rather simplistic. It's one of those things that like when we think about it, we don't realize the complexity of what's really going on and we can very easily underestimate the value that it actually brings to our lives. Today, we are talking about the subject of friendships. And uh, you might be thinking right now, friendships, wow, that's great, we're talking about it. Doesn't seem all that spiritual. Well, actually, scripture has a lot to say on the subject of friendships. And this, it, we're in a series right now. We're in a series going through the book of Proverbs called Word to the Wise. And uh, Proverbs is a book uh, known in the Old Testament as wisdom literature. The original word, uh, the Hebrew word for wisdom is hokmah. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to this series, you need to go back and just check it out over the weeks that we've been going through this. But Hokma, this word paints a picture of us being as, as Christ-following people, um, desiring to live the life that God intended us to live with an intuition of the way that life is supposed to be lived. That we wouldn't be people who just simply live by rules and regulations, kind of like it's a to-do and to-don't checklist. But instead, that we would live in the richness of the way that God intended life to be looked at originally and begin to understand what it looks like to live, to live wisely that way. That's the idea of Hokmah. And, and so this book of Proverbs are these short, concise little sayings that help us to understand what it looks like to live wisely. And they're on all kinds of different subjects, friendship being one of them. And so what I want to do today is to be able to unpack that. You might be going, Matt, really, do we need to take an entire Sunday to talk about the subject of friends? Because like, I've got friends, you know, like I got people who I do life with. I'm on a softball team with people. I hang out with people on the weekends. But if we're thinking about it that way, I think that we're thinking about friends too simplistically. That, that there is, um, we don't understand the depth of what it is that takes place in our lives through friends, of the way that they impact us. And we don't understand the depth to which God desires to work in all of our lives, helping us to understand more of who he is through the friends that we truly have. So that's where we're headed today. Friends play all kinds of roles in our lives. Within the book of Proverbs, we see lots of different roles that friends play. For the sake of time, we're gonna focus on three different roles that we play in each other's lives as, as friends. If we wanna be wise, we'll take these things seriously. That friends, they shape each other. That friends, they support each other. And friends, they speak truth to each other. All three S's. That's something that like I never do. It just sort of happened. But for any of you note takers, you're really excited now because you can put the three S's down as we move through this. But what I want to do is start off with this first one, that friends, they, they shape each other. There are two verses in Proverbs that I think really kind of point this out to us and the impact we have on each other. The righteous, they choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Proverbs 12, 26. And then Proverbs 13, 20, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. It's interesting because um, if we were to really kind of do a diagnostic of like who our friends are at whatever stage of life we're at, I'm guessing that for a lot of us, we would just sort of say like our friends are like, they just sort of happened. 
Like we don't oftentimes give a lot of thought to it. When I was thinking back to like when I was in elementary school or, or middle school, a lot of the friends that I had at that stage of life, like they, they were just like people who I went to school with. Or maybe for you, like they're people in your neighborhood, people who you're on a sports team with. You know, and then like fast forward then to college. For a lot of us, we remember college. I, um, I know that we have freshmen who are starting to move in to the UW and come to the area at Edgewood College and you're moving in. For me, my freshman year, I was given a roommate and I was assigned a particular dorm that I was going to live in. And for my freshman year, a lot of the people that I did life with were people who lived in that dorm just because it was the proximity of where I was and, and where they were. And, and, and so friends just kind of happen to us, but we forget about the idea that friends, well, they, they tend to, to rub off on us and we tend to rub off on them. Like in other words, the people who you do life with, the people you surround yourself with, they tend to, to start to shape who it is that you are. Those who surround us, they shape us. Like case in point, my daughter, she is a, uh, she's a, a sophomore actually at the University of Georgia. Go dogs. That's what I'm supposed to say. I'm learning. So, and, uh, uh, and so um, last year we dropped her off at school and then, and then she didn't come home until fall break. When she came home to visit, we all of a sudden noticed, even in that short period of time she had been there, there was like a new word in her vocabulary that like we had never taught her. It was the word y'all. Like... <laughs> And it just happened all the time. What are y'all doing? What do y'all feel like doing this weekend? Y'all want to go anywhere? And she tried to defend like how it was such a useful word that we should really start to pick up. All it said to me was, you're hanging out in the South. So, and that wasn't a word that we used at all. I mean, like we lived in South Florida, but South Florida is not the South. South Florida is like its own weird hybrid world. The farther North you go in Florida, the more Southern you become. And, uh, and she had never lived in that, but she picked it up really quickly because there were people rubbing off on her. And those who surround us, they end up shaping us. As we spent time, you know, she was home this summer and uh, it was funny as she and I spent time together by the end of the summer, like a few different times I caught myself using the word y'all. I was like, what is going on here? But we rub off on each other. Those who surround us, they shape us. You see, wise people, they understand this concept. They understand that we become like the people who we end up doing life with. And that's why this verse says that, that people who are righteous, they choose their friends wisely. Why? Because he who walks with the wise grows wise in the same way that she who hangs out in a southern state says y'all, you know? Think about it. He, he who hangs out with cheaters, there's a good chance that they'll begin to cheat. And he who walks with the humble becomes humble. He, he or she who hangs out with the negative, they begin to be negative. But those who hang out with godly people, or those who hang out with generous people, they become godly and generous because those who surround us, they shape us. Wise people understand that and they choose their friends wisely. So when you do a short little diagnostic of your own life, who are the people who are surrounding you right now? And how are they rubbing off on you? Who is it that you want to become at whatever age and stage of life you find yourself at? And how is it that you bring people around you that help you to get and become the person that God's calling you to be? That's one thing that friends do. They shape each other. Okay, there's another thing, though, that friends do for each other. Friends, they support each other. 
And we like this one. This one gets a lot of play. This idea of being in each other's corner, being there for one another. When I think of the idea of supporting each other, there are songs that come to mind that, uh, that like, we just love. Like, um, like from singer-songwriter Bill Withers, the song Lean On Me. You know that one? Lean on me. Sing it with me. When you're not strong, all sites and venues, I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on for it won't be long till I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. Come on, people. You just call on me, brother. I'm kidding. We don't have to. I know. You're going for it. This is amazing. All sites, all venues. I can hear you right now. So... Isn't it true that we love that song? I mean, people started like swaying back and forth like all over the place. It was like we were getting like gospel in here, you know? Like there's something we love about those songs. Like, Like think about like the classic 90s show, Friends, and the theme song, I'll Be There For You. Or think about the movie Toy Story with You've Got a Friend In Me. Or uh, the Jackson 5, I'll Be There. Like these are songs we know the words we love and we put our arms around each other and we sway back and forth. We love to sing them. (laughs) But then like real life kicks in and all of a sudden life gets busy and things get stressful and it becomes really hard to live those words out. You see, wise people, they understand supporting one another is important. And just like what these songs say, man, Proverbs hits on the same subject. Proverbs uh, 17, 17 says this, a friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for a time of adversity. It's this picture of people who would say like, man, I am in your corner. Of friends who would say like, when when the bottom falls out of your life, I'm going to be standing next to you. When all the chips are down, I'm not going to let you hit the bottom. I care about you too much. You know, it's it, like there's a difference between casual friendships and deep friends. Like, like in this verse right here, you notice that it says a friend and a brother. The original author of this, those two words were supposed to be synonymous with one another. They could interplay it with each other. It's this picture of a, of a friend who we have who is like as close or closer than family. These type of people are different. You know, when, when, when something tragic happens in your life, we have people in our lives who would say, hey, listen, I'm hurting for you. If you need anything, um, give me a call. Deep friends are the ones who are there. You know, they're the people who, for my wife and I, like as we've been here for 19 years, I mean, we've gone through some difficult situations. And it's the people who show up. You know, like when I, when I found out that my dad had cancer, these were the people who, who came to our house. You know, and they brought, they brought pizza and they showed up with DQ blizzards. You know, some of them to be there for like five minutes. You know, hey, I don't want to take up a lot of your time. I just want you to know I love you. I care for you. I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. And they're out. Because there's something deep and profound that happens in that type of stuff. You see, sometimes I think that for those of us with close friends, we, like we, we get afraid to step into those moments. We wonder, what am I going to say? I don't want to impinge on them. I want to give them space. If you're close friends with someone, close enough that like you're like as close as family, uh, suggestion, you just go. You step into the moment. 
even if it's for five minutes to go and give a hug. We get nervous with it. Let this type of verse be something that empowers you when we read, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. That is, you're stepping into it with nerves wondering if I'm gonna say to remind yourself, okay, according to God, I was born for this moment. And you just step in. You know, here's the thing that we realize though when we look at friendship this way, is that friendship in the broken world that we live in yeah, it's going to be painful. That real friendship in a broken world is going to cost you because you carry and take on the burdens and pain of people that you care about deeply. In other words, what they feel, you feel. But wise people understand that to be true friends means that we support each other. A friend loves at all times and a, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. We support each other. Okay, there's one more. And this one, we even dig the knife a little bit deeper. How fun is that? So, and that's the friends, they speak truth to each other. You know, like this is, this verse right here, Proverbs 27, 17 is the verse that people think of when they think of speaking truth. It's two friends who, and, and we go into it all excited. Like we're gonna be friends. We're gonna challenge each other. We're really gonna, you know, you know, really be in each other's lives that way. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We love that idea. If you're like in a, you know, mentorship relationship or a, um, you know, discipleship type friendship with somebody. But like when we really think about that, iron sharpens iron, that's, <laughs> that's painful. Like when iron rubs against iron, um, sparks fly. And, and, and we have to realize that, but it's important because the idea of iron sharpening iron, iron sharpening iron means that we are holding up a mirror to each other. It's, it's a friend saying to another friend, I love you so much that I want to help you in a kind, Christ-like, loving way to help you see the things in your life that you are blind to. Because we all have blind spots. And we need people who are willing to hold up the mirror in order to be able to show us those kind of things that are going on in our lives. And so how do we handle that? Well, a wise person would do really what this next verse says, Proverbs 19, 20. Listen to the advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among the, the wise. Listen to the advice. We need to be people with our friends who have soft hearts and are willing to hear the things that they are saying. That we might be people who are willing to change, to accept the discipline that, we, that they bring. That we might be able to become more the people who Christ wants us to be by help, having other people help us see our blind spots. And notice that it says in here, accept discipline and at the end you will be counted among the wise. In other words, like at the end of life. <laughs> now here's the thing. If you're sitting here at any of our sites or venues, if you're listening to this online, you're, like you're engaged with this, you are not at the end of life. And some of you might be close to the end of life, but you are not at the end of life. And so there is no person who is exempt from that verse. If you're not dead, you're not done. We all need people at every age and stage of life who are willing to be able to hold up the mirror to us and help us with our blind spots that we continue to have. And so um, this gets difficult. You know who it gets extra difficult for? As we grow older, as we are people who become more powerful, as we become more wealthy, this gets more difficult. 
Because there is a greater chance for the powerful, the older, and the rich for people to not speak truth to you. And so for every one of us, we need to invite people to be able to speak truth into our lives. Do you have anyone who you have opened the door to and said, I need help seeing the places I'm blind. And so I'm giving you freedom to help me see those things without me pushing back. You know, I know that for me, um, I have a handful of people that I've just invited into my life that way to be able to speak truth. I think it's something that's important for all of us to be able to do. And, and, and as we do that, to realize this, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses, Proverbs 27, six. In other words, for, um, enemies multiply kisses. In other words, like a, an enemy, like they'll tell you anything you wanna hear. They'll just build you up however it is because they really have ulterior motives. But a friend speaks truth that sometimes can be wounding, but the wounds of a friend can be trusted. You see, a person who's wise, they're willing to accept this. They're willing to have people in their lives who speak truth. You know what, <laughs> what we realize from all of this is that friendship is definitely not simplistic. It's complex. And yet God desires to do deep work in our lives if we're willing to take on uh, some of these proverbs and apply them to our lives. We need people in our lives who shape us. We need people who support us. We need people who speak truth to us. You know, and around here at Blackhawk, we're constantly thinking this way, trying to figure out how do we do this better as a church? Because we know that as a church with multiple sites, multiple venues, people listening online, there are thousands of people who would call Blackhawk church their home. And it can be really easy around here just to simply be a fly on the wall. You know, God's desire is that for every one of us, we would have Christ-centered, Jesus-loving friendships with people who move us towards him. And our desire is to be that type of a place. For our mission statement, building a community to reach a community, it's half of our mission statement. So we have people around our church who are thinking this way all the time. And I would love to... In, um, invite one of them up to the platform right now just to have a conversation with me to go deeper into this subject that we could learn from her. Her name is Carmen Boyd. She is the director of life groups for all sites, all venues. And so right now, would you invite to the stage with me, Ms. Carmen Boyd? Hey, Carmen. Hey, Matt. Hey, thanks so much for, uh, for being willing to, uh, to be up here. Now, for some people here, you might be thinking, okay, Matt, this is the third time this summer that you're doing an interview with someone. I feel like I'm becoming the Oprah of the teaching team I right think now. A free gifts for everyone. That's, That's right. Oprah. You That's get a car and you get a car. It's like best Sunday ever. Absolutely. So, yeah. Hey, I know that um, I mean, you've been on staff for a long time, pretty much about the same amount of time that I have. Yeah. And, um, but for a lot of people at all all of our sites and venues, they might not have an idea of who you are or to know your story. Can you just catch people up a little bit with your story and how you got to this place? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in Minneapolis and in 1988, we moved to Madison for my husband's job and he's a video editor and he, um, yeah, we moved here. We had three kids under the age of three and I'm not sure what possessed me to say, yes, we would move. I don't know. I think I'd lost all what consciousness. What were you thinking? That's a whole nother sermon yeah, right there. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So, but eventually 
uh, we found Blackhawk, yeah. and then eventually we found our way into a life group, which was called a small group back then. Yeah, life groups were like brand new yeah, to the church back new, at that brand time. brand new. There was a pastor on staff named Greg Bergman, and he was the small group's pastor at the time. And he said, I need everybody from the few groups that we have to come to a meeting. And nobody had a leader, so we needed to find a representative. And nobody in my group wanted to go, so I kind of sheepishly said, well, all right, I'll go, but I'm not the leader. <laughs> and um, I went, I was just like a sponge, just taking in everything that Greg was talking about and learning about um, community and how it helps with our spiritual growth and different personalities and how people are wired and how we fit together. And I just loved it. I just took it all in. Mm. And I don't know, I must have asked a few too many questions or shown a little too much interest. And not long after that, I was asked to come on staff. And so be careful what yeah, you ask. Yeah, let that be a lesson yeah, to you. Yeah, let that be a so. lesson. Yes. So, um, yeah, at the time I was working for Land's End. I love Land's End. But I was like, with Greg, what? Work for the church? I never mm. thought about that before. Yeah. And I just felt like God was kind of moving me in a direction. I, I don't even think I was aware of what he was doing. Mm. And so there we go. So we moved here um, in 88 and yeah. been on staff for almost 19 years. And so here's our family. Your whole family, yeah. Yeah, here's our family. And um, we have three kids. We have added a couple spouses to the group. And we have um, two of them live in Denver and one in Minneapolis. And we love our family. We love to see them as often as we can. But really, the most important thing that's happening in our family these days is, well, this picture. Oh, we shameless grandparent moment the right grandparent there. Club and and we had a chance to spend a week with our little granddaughter, Brooklyn, about um, a couple weeks ago. And we love it. It is a special place in our heart. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so Carmen, you have been, you have been doing this for a long time, involved with groups, uh, leading groups, and helping people to get into groups. What are some of the ways over those years that you've seen God work in the lives of people? Yeah, well, we have been in a lot of groups over the years. We've met a lot of really great people. And we've been up close and personal with a lot of people in their lives and them in our lives. And we have seen a lot of life happen. You know, people lose jobs, people find jobs, get promotions, people struggle with um, uh, their kids or parenting, um, health issues, um, uh, people struggling with um, uh, infertility, mm. but then having babies. And I mean, all these things, and this list really could go on forever yeah. when you've been in groups for a long time. And so we've had a chance to really do life with a lot of people and support them and encourage them and listen to their stories and bring them meals and really be the hands and feet of Jesus in, um, in those seasons for these people. Yeah, that's awesome. So, okay, so that's the stories of other people, but um, how have groups affected your life? Yeah, so all those examples were about other people, but we're not exempt from things happening right. to us as right. well. And sort of some of the highlights kind of of our lives, lives over the years is uh, I went through a bout of breast cancer. Um, my husband lost his job. Um, uh, he had open heart surgery. These mm. are just a few of the highlights. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and so during that time, we really had uh, friends that we'd met in groups come alongside us and really support us mm. and encourage us. And um, one time there was a woman that um, I was going through chemo, wasn't feeling well, was lying on the couch at home. She was in a group that I was in at the time. She came over and sat next to me and I dozed off for two hours. Mm. And when I woke up, she was still sitting there. Wow. 
And I thought, oh my goodness, just the ministry of presence was yeah. so important no in that season. No big profound spiritual conversation. Yeah, nothing. And, um, and then another time when my husband lost his job, another friend gathered a bunch of friends from different seasons of our lives, from groups that we knew and said, we just want to get together and have dinner and let you know that we love you. Mm. And so these things don't happen overnight. Mm. They, they take place over time as you invest in people and, and take the risk of getting involved in people's lives. Mm, it was just awesome. a beautiful thing. That's awesome. Okay, so what would you say to the person who is sitting here today who is going, sweet, I want that. In fact, I need some best friends. So <laughs> I'm gonna get in a group so I can find my best friend and maybe my spouse and, you know, and kind of <laughs> take things that way. Like, what would you say to that person? Well, I'd say good luck with that. <laughs> um, we're just not that good. We can't do that. That is really God's business. And if you make a best friend in a group or you find a spouse, I mean, that's really a bonus. And, you know, it just doesn't happen very often. However, yes. There was a couple of 20-somethings in a group we were in. They met, fell in love, and got married. But we're not going to really talk about that <laughs> because it rarely happens. Right. But God can do amazing things. And really, if we go into a group and we're thinking, um, how can I invest in the lives of these people? And how can I grow in my relationship with Jesus? If we have that perspective, and then I think we have a much better chance of having a positive experience in mm. group life. Rather than what can I get out of this group, but what can I give? Mm. I think that makes, uh, it really makes a, a big difference. And you know, we've been talking about friendships and um, Friendships are, um, groups are so much more than finding friends, mm. though that's a benefit. Yeah. Um, in, in groups, really, we get to practice the one another's in, mm. in, in these Christ-centered Jesus communities. We get to practice the one another's. Yeah. And some of the one another's that we get to practice in group are pray for one another. Yeah. Here's a few more on the screen. So I'm just mentioning a few, but pray for one another and encourage one another and um, carry one another's burdens. All of this happens in, in close community. And mm. so these are all from scripture. There's just a whole bunch more. There's probably 50 or 60 yeah. of these in scripture. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. So, okay, let's, let's pendulum swing that. What would you say to the person in the room who is going, Carmen, look, I've got friends. Like, I, like I have people I do stuff with on the weekends and hang out with. Why do I need Christian friends within my church or Christian community? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm sure a lot of people are asking that. Yeah. Um, I would say, I'm, first of all, I'm glad that you have friends. Having friends is really important in life. But I would also challenge each one of us to say, are these the friends that move us toward Jesus? Mm. Are these the mm. friends that encourage us in our spiritual, on our spiritual journey? Mm. Are these the friends that we go to when we need prayer for something in our lives? Mm. Are, those, are, are those the friends? Mm. And, um, and I would say that uh, it doesn't matter if you're in an encounter group or a men's community or middle school or high school home group, whatever type of group you're in, I would hope that these types of friendships would form over time mm. that we're pointing people toward Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. And you know, I was in a, I was in a group once where um, um, somebody had a chance. It, it's also a place where you can ask honest questions. So I was in a group once where a, a guy said, I, I prayed something like, Lord, thank you that you even know the number of hairs on our head. Hmm. And yeah. when we were done, he said, hang on a second, Carmen. When you prayed that about the number of hairs on your head, 
was that just because you just got your hair cut or you were just thinking <laughs> yeah. about something? And yeah. I said, what a great question. Thank you for being so honest. And I said, no, actually, that's in the Bible yeah. where God knows us so well that he even cares to know the number of hairs on our head. Mm. And I said, I'm sure there's other people in our group that are in our groups asking that are asking those same questions. Same questions. Yeah. And so um, I just think that that's really, um, really important to have those places to ask those questions. Yeah, that's so good. So good. Any, uh, any final thoughts you would want to leave people with as far as groups as a whole? Well, I would say that um, it's really important to think about being known and grown. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is we want to know each other. I want you to know me. I want, I want to know you. We want to know each other in relationship. And then to to be grown, to grow in relationship, not just to stay as kind of connection and friends, mm. but to push each other toward mm. Jesus. So yeah. known and grown. And I would say that um, when we gather together regularly with our Bibles open on our laps or on our phone, that I think God does amazing things. You know, we may not see what he's doing exactly. We not, may not see the beginning. We may not see the end. But God is at work mm. when we gather in community. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Really good. Thank you, Carm. Can we give Carmen a, a round of applause just for... Thanks, Thanks so much. Um, Carmen really hit it. Our, our desire as a church is to help people be known and to help people be grown. That we would be people who don't just stay where we're at in our spiritual walk with Jesus, but that we would be transformed. And so much of that, a wise person understands happens in friendships and community. And, uh, and Carm, one of the things that is, is coming up, I know that we were talking about next Sunday and the following Sunday at all sites, all venues, we are having our groups kickoff. Yep, that's, that's correct. Right. That's so, right. and that's for, that's for life groups, men's ministry, encounter, mom to mom, uh, home groups, college ministry. All, I mean, all across yeah, the board, any group. Yeah. For any people group. to be able to connect in. So if you haven't taken those steps, that might be a good one for you to start with. At what, and that's all sites, all venues at the atrium here at Brader way, uh, at downtown, uh, in connection point at Fitchburg as well. We have that available for everybody. If you're watching online, right? Right now, you can hop online and get more information about that. But our encouragement to you is to take a look at a diagnostic on where are you at with friends and what are the steps that you need to take in order that we would be people who, who, who know that we shape each other, who see the importance and value of supporting each other and speaking truth to one another. Because our desire would be that this would be a place that we would in our lives see the wisdom of true Christian friendship that move us towards the things of God, grace, mercy, forgiveness, understanding, community, uh, that all of this would be able to be a part of our lives as we walk alongside each other and in the process become more the people that he desires for us to be. Let me close this in prayer. God, thank you so much that you are the one who created us to need connections with you and with one another. Thank you, Father, for the fact that you're the author of friendships. And uh, Lord, we just ask that as we move forward, that you would help us as people in this broken world to connect deeply with one another. And, And through those relationships that we would connect deeply with you, becoming people who look more like you. 
And so would you help us to be people who take seriously uh, the idea of shaping each other, of supporting each other, of speaking truth, holding up a mirror to one another, that through all of it, we ultimately might become people who look more like Jesus. Thank you, Father. We pray these things in Jesus' name. All God's people together said, amen.